I'm Robert Frank, and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dalmore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us, episode 513 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Sore Throat McGee, and I am joined by the lovely, talented, scholarly Brittany Page. Let's get this dull show on the road. <laughs> dull show. Yeah. Little message I got on the Facebook. Real dull. Thanks for accepting my friend request. I tried to listen to the podcast, but it was a little dull for my taste. <laughs> no offense. Mm. They, only, they added the no offense. Of course, in there. of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand that. If you like me on YouTube, how in the fuck do you think this <laughs> is dull? Well, that's okay. Because I get I get criticized in the comments on the YouTube. Yeah. About why do you blurp your bleep your cursing? Why are you bleeping? Just let it fly. Yeah. Like if you like that, mm-hmm. you're gonna love the, the podcast. Do you explain why you bleep no. the cursing? Nope. Okay. <laughs> do you want to explain um, why you bleep the cursing? Like here where they won't hear it since it's a dull podcast? I don't I don't know. Maybe I should do that. Well, isn't it the advertising? And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's for it's for monetization purposes, right? But it happens enough that uh, I, you know, it's if I spend all my time explaining why I do what I do, yeah, I don't have time to do what I do. No, I understand that, yeah, but yeah. I I think that it is useful sometimes to explain things that are common sense so that people can understand them. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 you're right. It, that is necessary, certainly in the age of Trump. But yeah. you, you you would expect better out of uh, our people. Well, that's okay. You can't please everybody. That is right. Everybody's a critic. Let's just continue on with the dull show. Yeah, of course. Let's do that. <laughs> um, so you had a sore throat. Still, still have a sore throat. Yes, and there's been a lot of comments about your immune system. Like you got to get your immune system together. Wasn't sick. Right, your 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 throat hurt and you lost your voice. Yeah, it's like it's like the last time I lost my voice and did a show, mm-hmm. you know, and I stuck around for the jokes and that I kind of expected <laughs> no no problem. Uh-huh. Um but it it only delayed the voice getting better. Right. And look, I fucking talk for a living. I have to be able to Yeah. talk. Exactly. So I wanted to heal properly. Mm-hmm. It's still my throat is sore. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. The show marches on well and i will say you have been pumping out the content over on the youtubes yeah and we have a from last weekend Mm -hmm. we have a a bonus episode that will be released after this episode yeah now that i'm talking about it it'll have to be right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so really um we are we are we're we're jamming we're we're addressing the issues yeah of the day Mm -hmm. and we're back so don't worry about us guys we're okay (laughs) 
I know that the world was coming to a halt. Where is, where's, where's Jesse Dollimore? I need the voice. Yeah. So we want to talk about something that we received to the P.O. Box. And you guys know that we love receiving things to the P.O. Box. Who doesn't? It is like a nice little exciting treat, except for when the post office employees are lazy and rather than putting whatever our um, shipment is, if it's too big for our P.O. Box, putting it in one of the little boxes in the lobby that has a key that you can open um, and still access your belongings. Instead of doing that, they put a little ticket in the P.O. Box and then you need to take that ticket to the lobby, which closes very promptly yeah. at five every uh, well, single day. I don't even know if that's the case. I know it's what they have on the door. But I think our I think our post office is like they're open for like ten minutes a day, and you yeah. have to guess which fucking ten minutes because every <laughs> time we show up there, those motherfuckers are closed. Yeah, it's not great. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Luckily, we were able to get the ticket um, for um, a package that we received and take it into the lobby in the uh, ten minutes that they were open for that day, and we received a box of. 30 mega pack rolls of fruit roll-ups. Yeah, a-, a la the conversation we had on the show. Yes. About poor kids yearning or being desirous of things that are out of their financial reach or their parents' financial reach. And roll-ups was the thing you were... Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups were the thing you most... One of the things. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. And these are uh, unicorn tongue tattoos. They come with unicorn tongue tattoos. You haven't even opened them yet, so we've waited for this moment. Yeah. Well, now that I know they have unicorn tongue tattoos, I'm going to dive in while we're playing voicemails. On on the fruit roll-up? Yeah, I think that you put it on your tongue, and then it will put a tongue tattoo on your tongue. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, anyway, so I did get an email. Uh Uh-huh. From Joel right. saying, check the P.O. box tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But we'd already received this. So I don't know if this is from Joel. Right. Because nothing else has showed up. Exactly. So let's let's just say thank you, Joel. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh-huh. And if not, if let this us know. Is, if this was anonymously sent. Yeah. Because there was no card. Right. Not expecting a card. Mm-hmm. Sorry for your fucking childhood. Here's yeah. some fruit roll-ups. <laughs> Hope this makes up for the hashtag raised by wolves. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, anyway, it, whoever did, we want to verify who sent it so we can give an official thank you. Yes. But also, thank you to whoever it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you must identify yourself. Well, we appreciate it. We do. Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't give a fuck because, like I said on the show... Fruit rolls are trash. Yeah. Well, we'll feed them to Popeye. He might like them. This episode not sponsored by Fruit Roll-Ups. Mm-hmm. So, going to do something a little different this episode. We, in in the, in, in my absence, mm-hmm. resting the pipes. Yes. We got a lot of listener communication. So, we what did. I think we should do, as a matter of catch-up, mm-hmm. is to just play and talk about and read a lot of what we got to cover all the different topics that are going on. Let's do it. And then the next episode, which will be... Uh, early in the week, mm-hmm. we will address the the matters of political import that we've missed. Absolutely. The news, mm-hmm. as they say. Yep. So, let's let's just begin. One, a little bit of a, a poke and fun, since a few episodes back we talked about country music. Oh, he was in the dentist office, so this just plays right into the dentist office thing. Uh, we'll just start there. Hey guys, this is Scott from Indiana calling again. Uh, just wanted to talk, just wanted to say something about, uh, you guys 
going to the dentist and then making you trying to make you listen to country music. I didn't even know that you listen to country music in California. Uh, being from Indiana, that's pretty much all we get on the radio is country music and terrible, we call it butt rock. But I did want to bring up that there is some good country music, like, I don't know, alt-country stuff that's going on today. Anyways, you guys are great. Thank you. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> so I knew that was coming. Just so you know, I do not believe that for a second. Well, we don't just not listen to country music in California. We don't listen to country music in Idaho. We don't listen to country music when we're in Nevada or Washington. Really, any state. Well, we don't listen. You like? I, I'm making a. I know what he meant by that. Yeah, you like some country music though, right? Yeah, more for nostalgia's sake, like from my childhood, like Merle Haggard, mm-hmm. the old things that I was kind of that were foisted upon me as a kid because my mom was a country western person yeah you also would you say that you like garth brooks uh i can tolerate garth brooks i don't hate garth brooks <laughs> uh what a ringing endorsement well no i garth mean brooks. It, i can tolerate him yeah i, I don't want to stab my ears with knives yeah <laughs> but there are listen some country is just you know i take louisville slugger to both headlines all right all right it's fucking come on yeah we, we get it yeah. Um, I act like trash okay. all night. That's, Fucking lame. It's, that's trash. No, it's enough. No um, good. Yeah. I mean, and again, when we had this conversation, I knew that some people were going to be unhappy. But like I said before, I love the Partridge family. I love many other things that many people hate. See, now there's some music that will make me want to jab my ears with ice picks which is perfectly fine everyone has different For musical sure. tastes yeah. and i just i didn't grow up in a household where i listened to that yeah well, so listen, i I'm not... am not used to listening to it and i prefer not to hear it that's, i'm that's not it. saying that if you listen to country music you're trash you're probably a very decent person who just listens to trash music oh god <laughs> Look at all that judgment. Oh. Well, and so some things you do aggressively hate, like the Partridge family, because yeah, I love the Partridge family. Not a fan. And when I'm listening to it, you get very aggressively angry, which is very confusing because the Partridge family is quite happy and quite uplifting. Listen, if you're going to get angry, why not make it aggressively angry? I guess. I guess. Why do you gently, you're very gently angry at everybody. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't, that doesn't work. I mean, it's probably better for your health, but sure. You were reasonably angry. Yeah. (laughs) That is a thing. That is a thing. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So anyway, the other topic we talked about over the course of a couple episodes, I think, was Brittany's um, dental visit. Yeah. And how I was angry that what happened to the medical element of healthcare. Right. Related to dentistry. Where it feels where, like you're going to a mechanic. Yeah, it's a fucking sales switch. Like you're walking into a, a Tony Robbins, <laughs> we're going to sell you on shit, MM, uh, M, um, MLM uh-huh. kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, we do have an update before we get to the voicemails and the emails. Brittany did go, or no, you, you went in, he said, if you still hurts on Monday, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you're likely going to need a root canal, even though he could have just 
directed you to the root canal guy. Well, no, even though the filling was to prevent me needing a root canal. Right, right, right. So I agreed to it so that I wouldn't have to do that. <laughs> Two days later, before he even knows whether it hurts or not, you get an email saying, hey, you need to see the root canal guy. Right. But just yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to those. <laughs> Hello, Brittany. Hello, Jesse. It's Wayne from Basildon here. Bravo. Um, just got in from work after listening to the last podcast and I was fucking appalled when I heard what you guys have to pay for dental care over there. It's absolutely shocking. So I wasn't 100% sure on what we have to contribute over here. So I did a little bit of research and fired the, the numbers off to Jesse. So Jesse, after this call, if you could just do the breakdown and the uh, equivalence um if you will that'd be great but the thing that really hacked me off is you guys are supposed to be the, the richest country in the world and you know your president is a leader of the free world yet you have the free market involved in the healthcare and dental care system now <sighs> Like, to me, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say this, oh, we're, we're so great sort of thing. Well, I am a little bit, because we're the bollocks. <laughs> but I don't think, there, there are certain things that the the government should at least give you a baseline of, and then the free market can give you an option of something different. And healthcare and dental should be should be that standard. You know, if the, if the economy is going to make use of your labour, then the least that they can do is make sure that you can live a decent life. And as soon as profit margin comes in, comes in, they don't give a fuck about you. So the fact that you have to pay so much towards your dental care with insurance, that's your premium on top, that's, that's mental. Now, our NHS system is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And just to explain to people how it works, it's kind of like a progressive tax system. So the more you earn, the more you contribute towards the NHS. And with medical stuff, it's literally just you get whatever you need for free. Dental, you make, um, I think it's kind of like your copay system, where the NHS will cover it to a point, but then you um, have to contribute dependent on the work that you need doing. So any of these people that are pushing for oh you don't want that system that they've got in the UK because it's rubbish because you have to have there's all these waiting times and all this yeah the waiting times are for non-elective surgeries if it's an essential surgery it has to be done there and then you get treated you have a car crash you get treated there and then and guess what you don't get a bill if anyone you know says that this is the only way forward they're an idiot in my, in my opinion you should have a mixed economy but the the baseline should be the government look after you. Popeye's the best part. When he lets off the next fart, that's from me. <laughs> Bye-bye. So um, <laughs> this is the kind of fact-checking that I like, is the immediate kind. Mm. He he's emailed very soon after with a very short correction. Sorry, guys. I misspoke on my last voice memo. Um, with regards to surgery on the NHS, it is emergency non-elective, and then elective. So if you're about to die, you get treated. If you're not about to die, but it's kind of essential you need to get it done, it will get done in due course. If it's elective, such as like, I don't know, like a tummy tuck or something, 
then that will get kicked down the road as long as it needs. But all of it free. I hope that correction makes sense. So he did send me the, the, these screenshots from the National Health Service, the dental charges, which it sounds like dental is kind of treated like it is here. Like VA, they cover my health care. Mm-hmm. Dental, no, they don't. Yeah. So they have two, three bands, band one, two, and three. Band one, um, they charge you twenty two seventy. That's like examinations, diagnostic and care to prevent problems, x-rays, shit like that. They charge you 2270, 22 pounds, 70. So that's about 25, 26 bucks. Um, band two, we'll quickly go through these because it's not of total use to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the current jar, it's 6210. And then there's a different charge in Wales. You know, we don't, I don't think we have any listeners there, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How dare you? So, you know, 65, 66 bucks. It carry uh, all necessary treatment covered by band one and treatments such as fillings, root canals, treatments, and extractions, having, uh, having teeth taken out, parenthetically, they say. Oh, that's helpful. Because, you know, people don't know what an extraction is. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. And then band three, the most expensive one, which is 270 bucks. Or 270 pounds, which roughly, you know, 280, 285. Uh, everything covered before and then more complicated procedures such as crowns, dentures, or bridges. So, seriously, mm-hmm. they are subsidizing dental care. It is what we should have. And I don't think dental care should be treated differently. No. Than health care. Absolutely can, not. You can have a fucking heart attack. Absolutely. We died in our in our 20s and 30s in ancient times because of our teeth. Yeah. It's well, important. Well, and when you're at the dentist, they have all of those posters that talk about how um, dental health is linked to your overall physical health. Yes. And how all these other problems can occur as a result of poor oral hygiene. Yeah. So uh, given its importance, it, it should be covered and there should be incentives there for people to take care of their teeth. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so we got another voicemail and from a medical professional. We have mm-hmm. a doctor who listens to the program. Yep. I do not know why. In uh, Denmark. <laughs> and she is sounding off. Hey, guys. This is Jill, the Danish doctor, and I was just listening to your dentist stories, and I thought I'd share mine. Even though I'm a doctor, I really don't like being at the pointy end of a needle, and especially not one pointing at my mouth. And like Brittany, I've always had to get two shots of the local anesthetics for them to work. And once a dentist made the mistake of claiming after the first shot that I couldn't feel anything. But I could. I got panicky, made her leave the room said she had to give me five minutes alone and that she could come back and give me enough local anesthetics after that or she wasn't going to keep drilling. And after that, she was no longer my dentist. So since that, I found a new dentist that specializes in treating patients with anxiety for dental visits. And when I told her my story, she said, you probably have an anatomical variation. So she tried injecting the local anesthetics a slightly different place in my mouth and it worked. She said the reason why the two injections always worked earlier was because by the time that I'd been injected with so much local anesthetics, it had eventually gotten to where it could do some good. So with that information in my chart, I no longer have problems. And of course, I keep going to the same dentist now. So uh, Brittany, good luck with dentist shopping. And uh, maybe you could try asking about uh, what dentists do if a patient always needs extra local anesthetics then you might be able to find a dentist that knows what they're doing. 
Thanks for everything, guys. Bye. Well, this is awesome. We love Jill. And I I didn't know that I have dentist anxiety, but I think that I figured out that I do on yeah, this last visit. For sure. Because I was shaking. Like I had to hold my arms down it crossed across my chest because I was shaking so bad. I was so afraid for my filling. And I, I haven't had to have a filling since I was a little kid. So I think that my experiences with the dentist have generally been positive. Like I would always say, I love going to the dentist because I would just get my teeth cleaned and I would yeah, feel yeah. fresh afterward. And then he's like, we need to give you a filling. And I'm like, I think I have really soured on this whole dentist thing. Like I don't, I don't really want this to go I down. I think I've soured on this whole dentist yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it, it was not an enjoyable experience, but that's a good tip, right? Asking people or asking the dentist, what do you do when someone needs additional uh, local anesthetic that that really helps me. Yeah, I yeah. think I will ask that question and see if they know what they're doing, Joe. You would hope they would. I mean, they went to they can prescribe medicine. They are, you know, they're they're doc doctors. Yeah. <laughs> so we have another email on dentistry. I'm sure real doctors don't think they're doctors, <laughs> but they're doc doctors. All right. So we have um, an email from Ed from Damascus. On episode 511, Jesse asked if Dennis, if the dentist industry was always a little shady. I don't know, but Doc Holliday was a dentist, so that might be a clue. <laughs> As for cost, I suspect you could probably track a dramatic uptick in patient out-of-pocket expenses along with the rise in dental insurance. No matter your individual pol political persuasion, you probably appreciate the need for medical insurance. This is because some medical procedures and treatments are inherently expensive, but this isn't necessarily true with dentistry. While some dental appliances can be expensive, no service a dentist provides should be a budget breaker for a middle class family in America. Maybe I'm wrong, but this might have worked better when operated under a cash and limited credit business model. Same with veterinary care. I just had a dog neutered, a thousand, five hundred each. Uh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> he just wrote the words, right? You're putting the stink on it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, Brittany is the best part. Wow. Still. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Hopefully, I did that well. That this, you didn't put your hand up to your mouth like with the, the the, the fingers and mm -hmm. blah, yeah. the, the, the chef's kiss. meatball. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, I made Ed proud. Uh, anyway, we're getting to the bottom of this. Uh, Monday, I'm going to have a call with them <laughs> and see if they they will um, be not, reasonable. Not if they can, but see if they will. Mm -hmm. Uh, negotiate that price, that $600 after insurance charge for cleaning my fucking teeth. Yeah. What are they doing? Replacing each one of them? I mean, come on. You should also ask while you're at it um, why they preemptively sent me an email telling me I need a root canal when I didn't contact them telling them I was in pain. But anyway, that's... That is another another conversation. Yeah. That might have to be an in-person conversation. <laughs> so the other topic that we were talking about last week was that shooting in Colorado. Yet another shooting in a Colorado high school near, actually near the time, the the commemoration, I don't want to say the anniversary date, but uh, April 20th, I believe, or April 22nd was the date of the Columbine shooting years and years ago. And then here, just shortly after that, we have another shooting. We talked about it, and people had some feelings. Uh, this call I'm getting ready to play 
is call number two of a two-part call. Uh, Kel, I believe from Indiana, I think. We'll we'll hear in a second here. Um, called and and then anyway, you'll you'll get the vibe. Uh, hey Jesse, hey Brittany, uh, this is Kel. I uh, kind of got sidetracked a little bit because this is a very um, sensitive subject. Um, it's a very uh, something that can that, that that does bother me, and uh, I, I got a little sidetracked on my uh, first voicemail. I was uh, talking about uh, how it seems like after every one of these incidents happens, they. Uh, well, majority of the uh, gun-supporting group out here likes to say we need sensible gun control, we need sensible action. Uh, I really would love for someone to just ask one of them point blank, uh, what sensible gun control and other things have been done since Newtown? I mean, let's even go further back. What, what sensible gun control has been taken since Columbine? You know, since the shooting in Miami, since the you know, the, the, the shooting that happened in Newtown, Connecticut, um, you know, and even you mentioned um, episode 511, the, the shooting that happened in Las Vegas. What sensible gun control has actually been implemented, passed and implemented to give our children, to give our citizens, but even more importantly, our children who are defenseless, okay, who do not have the ability to fight off an armed individual who could potentially be a trained armed individual but regardless of that even an, an individual that has a weapon that is designed for one purpose and one purpose only and that is to kill people what sensible I'm using air quotes here reforms have been made you know um, and I would just be curious to see what kind of answers they would have because from the perspective of us, the perspective of, of citizens who send their children to school every day and they get, you know, uh, calls from the school because there's a potential active shooter or your kids are uh, actively doing uh, uh, active shooter training and drills in school uh, to protect themselves, uh, all while they're uh, possibly studying for a math quiz or a spelling test. Um, what, what, what things have been done besides offering thoughts well wishes and good prayers. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I really feel like if one of their children were involved in a situation like this, it might hit a little closer to home. And they might actually think about it, and they might not think about the deep pockets of the NRA and the deep pockets of all these people out here who love their guns, obviously more than they love other people, because they are more than willing to, you know, to talk about and cut off again. Mm. So let me say this, Cal. There, there was actually there was one piece of sensible, reasonable, fucking expected gun control after Vegas, and that was bump stocks, because the shooter used a device that connects on to the to the to the the butt of the gun that uses the the force of the recoil of the weapon to shoot the next round. So it's like a, like an automatic machine gun. Mm -hmm. Because a semi-automatic, pull the trigger, round. Pull the trigger, round. Fully automatic is hold the trigger down, and it's just a, a continuous spray of bullets. Mm -hmm. 
So Trump, to his credit, although I believe it was, we got to do something, otherwise this is it. So they went for the, the easiest mark and then and cut that off at the knees. But what it should be, sensible, along the same lines as, as the bump stock, would be high-capacity magazines. First of all, closing all, all loopholes. If you buy a weapon in this country, you should be facing a, a background check. A universal pa- background check law should be fucking the law of the land. And it's not. But high capacity magazine should be one to slow the rate of killing. If a lot of these cases, when 29, 49, 15 people die, it's because no one is able to, if they're laying down a a blanket of suppressive fire and no one can get to the shooter to stop them because there isn't a moment to do so, when a, when a gunman is going to just change magazines because they only have 11 rounds or, or 10 rounds in a magazine, when they switch, that's a moment to stop it. And unfortunately, we're living in a world right now where that is the consideration. We have to think about, well, we have to give people a, a chance to tackle the gunman rather than, well, it would be better if they just don't have a fucking gun in the first place. Yeah, I actually read a really powerful article in The New Yorker, um, and the title is School Shootings and the Heroes Who Shouldn't Be. It's by Doreen St. Felix, and it was written after the school shooting in Colorado, and she wrote about the vigil that was held for um, the student, the students who were hurt and the student who passed away. Yeah. And that the students who were there attending the vigil actually walked out in protest when they realized that politicians were going to be speaking and not the members of the student body. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that is a sign that those students and young people in general are feeling very much like Kel is feeling, which is how, what are we going to hear from you? What what are you going to say? Yeah. Right. What are you going to do? You know, the right co-opted that walkout as though they were walking out in support of gun rights. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what the, like the Daily Caller morons and the Daily Wire ding-dongs, mm-hmm. that's what they were saying. Oh, they they don't want people to politicize this. They're standing up for, for gun rights and they're walking out. Good for them. Well, one student said, quote, this was for Kendrick Castillo, not for our senator, not for anyone else. Yeah. Honoring the student who, yeah, who was killed. for sure. Um, who, again, tackled the shooter and has been labeled a hero. And that's why the article is school shootings and the heroes who shouldn't be. Yeah. Of course, it's heroic. Um, and it's powerful that these kids are choosing to essentially sacrifice themselves to try to end the terror that is happening on their school campuses. But we shouldn't be expecting that of these kids. They're kids. I mean, like he said in the voicemail, they should be worried about their spelling tests, learning math. Right. We shouldn't expect this even out of their fucking teachers. This no. shouldn't be an expectation. Right. Uh, having fun, being young, right? Not, I'm going to hold on to my bat because if I go down, I'm going down fighting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrific. And I don't understand how anyone <laughs> isn't to a point where they feel the same way. I also saw a post, you know, given all these bans on abortion, 
that are happening right now. Um, I saw a post that said, you know, maybe we should treat getting a gun like all these Republicans want to treat women when they're getting an abortion. Yeah. Like they have to attend classes where they are shown footage of people being slaughtered. Yeah. At these mass shootings and they have to sit there and watch it. They have to walk through a bunch of people holding up signs of their children that have been murdered at school shootings or um, shootings in public, um, you know, and I think it's a powerful point for sure. It absolutely is. And also, let me say this, Cal, I didn't I wasn't uh, now that I'm reflecting on it. I don't want it to come across like I was like, yeah, there have been sensible gun reforms. I don't believe there have. There have been one, there's been one fucking thing I can think of. Other than that, it's radio silence from Republicans because it's always like you said, now's not the time to talk about it. Let's mourn the victims. Let's give them thoughts and prayers. We can't talk about it now when it's on our minds right. to reform guns. Absolutely. And let me tell you, the Democrats, where the fuck are they? Why are they not bringing this up right now? Whether or not it passes in the Senate, they need to drive the narrative. They need to drive the policy priorities. And they're not. They're not. They're dropping the ball, too. Because let me tell you, Democrats also live in districts where there's a lot of gun owners who are freaked out about the fact that they they fear that people are going to be coming for their guns. They're freaked out about the fact that uh, the NRA makes that their, their, their talking point. Anyway, we have another call. Thanks, Cal. We have another call on this very topic. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. It's Laura. Um... I just had to pause the episode. I needed to record something. Talking about this school shooting. And listening to that little boy talking about going down fighting. It just makes me sick to my fucking stomach. I can't I can't handle it. I don't even have kids. I don't even like kids. But my God. Ugh. I just wanted to share something that I keep thinking about uh, when we're talking about this subject. It was a meme I saw the other day of somebody protesting and they were holding up a sign and it said, let's have a moment of silence for the school children that lay down their lives for your right to bear arms. And I just thought that was really powerful, a really powerful way to put it. I'm just disgusted and I just needed to share that with you guys. I love you guys a lot. Thank you so much for talking about this. And I also wanted to bring up that Jesse, I agree with you 100% that this newscaster talking about the pink streak in the guy's hair and his black nail polish as if that has any fucking thing to do with what's going on. And also that the person was transgender. I mean, honestly, just stick to the fucking issue, which is that we need common sense gun legislation in this goddamn country. <sighs> anyway, I'm driving, so I really need to uh, stop crying. Uh, but I just needed to give my two cents. Thanks, guys. I don't think that Laura is alone in how she's feeling. Well, she's certainly not alone because we feel that same way. Mm -hmm. um, 
if I have anything positive to wrap on this particular topic, unless we have an email about it, it is that I really truly believe we are, we're coming, it might not feel like it, but we are coming to the end right now. Because as the older generation, the Charlton Heston generation, from my cold dead hands, you'll take my guns. They're dying. And I don't mean that to be more, say that to be morbid. But a younger generation, a more progressive generation, a more empathetic and understanding generation is coming up who are fucking tired of their peers being mowed down in schools. And this Republican Party isn't getting it because their bread is, their bread is buttered by the NRA and these guns rights groups, the Gun Owners of America, led by Larry Pratt. So, again, it's, it's going to take a while, but I think we're, we're toward the end of the fight. We're toward the end of the journey. Thanks, you guys. We we appreciate it very much. Let's uh, let's bring it back to something a little less heavy. Um, over the course of the last couple episodes, we also have talked about, or right, we briefly we talked about the the difference between Brittany and I relative to hoarding behavior mm-hmm. and um, minimalism. I mm-hmm. think is how uh, how Mike talks about it. <laughs> Hello, Brittany. Hello, Jesse. This is. Slow Mike from Toronto uh, was just listening to the most recent podcast, and you were discussing the whole issue of uh, keeping things versus getting rid of them. Um, and I, a couple things came to mind. Uh, number one, being a, a man in his middle 50s, um, I've found myself doing and saying things that I've seen my father or other fathers do and say. And one of them is keeping scraps of wood keeping leftover nuts and bolts, uh, screws, whatever, yeah, shit, and keeping it with that little voice in my head that says, you know, that might come in handy later on. And you know, I keep in mind, I'm not the, I don't have a degree in psychology, so I, I have just enough information to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> and I, I just wonder if this isn't a classic case of intermittent reinforcement um, that encourages our behavior because I save all this shit and then sure enough, you know, something will come up down the line where I, you know, I need to build a stool or you know, my wife needs something to prop her feet up while she nurses the baby or whatever. And I'll have these scraps of wood and this extra shit laying around and I'll slap something together and then it's reinforcing. I go, see, it did come in handy. And you do that little you know male superiority dance of, you know, I told you it could come in handy someday. But the thing is, that's, you know, one time out. And and meanwhile, yeah, I made one shitty little thing, and then the rest of that stuff is still taking up space. Um, So, you know, I understand, you know, that aspect of hanging on to things. Uh, The other thing, though, that comes to mind is, uh, you know, if you... uh, One thing that helped me become more of a minimalist, though, is uh, going through a couple of divorces, and when you... Each time you get divorced, you you know lose half of your shit or more, and you know by the time I got through uh, finishing off divorce number three, if you're keeping score at home, uh, you know you could basically fit all my earthly possessions into a room, and it really wouldn't be terribly crowded in there, to be perfectly honest. And you know, and sometimes I you know oh, I wish I still had 
my table saw, or I wish I had this or that. But in general, it's really kind of liberating to not be having to worry about moving that kind of junk around. It's just, you know, because honestly, the table saw, it was nice. I used it a couple times a year, and the rest of the time it gathered dust. Now I don't have to worry about hauling that stupid thing around. How often have I needed the table saw? Uh, honestly, not much at all. Uh, that's the end of my rambling. Uh, love the show. Uh, okay, I, I was going to be a smartass and say I'm the best part, but I, that's truly not the case. I can't I can't lie anymore. Brittany's the best part. Have a good one. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Thank you, Slow Mike. I, I really appreciate this. I think it's interesting, and I... I have seen um, some of my friends kind of go down a very minimalist lifestyle path where like they got rid of most of their belongings and they only have, you know, a certain amount of clothing items, like like three shirts, like two pairs of pants, you know, like they narrow it down to like the bare minimum of what they need. And I actually feel like that is a positive thing. Um, We just passed a bunch of storage units as we were driving around today. And I had the thought, like, how strange is it that people pay extra money every year? (laughs) And they're expensive now. To, like, store extra crap that they have, you know? Um, And I, I understand that maybe people just have more things than I do. And, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but I, I like not having a lot of things like kind of what slow Mike was describing there at the end, like how it's kind of liberating. I, I like not having a lot of things, you know? Yeah. But here we are with Mr. Eight whisks over here and every um, single don't start on kitchen shit because <laughs> every single whisk has a different purpose. Mm. I use, you don't think I use all those? You don't. All right. Anyway. You do not. How about the different spatulas? How about, how about the different them? mixing bowls? How about, how the- about them? So, <laughs> I'm. you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck this is fucking bullshit. All of you minimalist freaks out there, don't cu- start coming after my kitchen shit. All right. You know what? You can start cooking. No, it, it's, it's used to create very delicious treats that I enjoy. So thank you for that, sir. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Robin. Robin. Sean. Let's, let's, yeah, go ahead. Sean. Jules. Jules. Erica. Erica. And Nico Damos. Nicodamos. Yep. So I-, I wanted to specifically shout out Robin's not a new patron. She's new on Patreon. Right. But she ha- was for PayPal for years. Yes. Early adopter of the program. Absolutely. Yeah. We would not be where we are today without Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Anyway, yes. we love you guys. We appreciate all of your support of the show. There's not one person who who we we care about less or more. It is a it's it's a, a lucky thing that we have here. And every one of you you guys are are very special 
and we appreciate so, so much. Am I, do I sound like I'm selling it too much? No, you don't. All right. I felt like I was selling it too much, and I never want to sound like I'm selling something. You sound genuine. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just my own... My own, you know, I'm thinking about the whisks. Maybe it's that. It, that's It's the guilt. <laughs> it's the whisk guilt. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to continue with the calls and the emails. Before we do, though, I want to I want to give the, the number 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email voice memos right from your sm- smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Let's start after the mid-roll with... An email, Brittany Page. All right. So this one is from Amber. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. I've never considered myself a patriotic person, even though I have voted in every presidential election since I was 18. I paid attention to some of the main issues I cared about, but nothing like I do now. In 2016, Bernie made me hopeful that maybe I could be a proud American. But with Trump's election, that all dissipated. At the age of 41, I have very little knowledge of the scope of current politics, much less any political history. In my quest for current information, I hear comparisons to past presidents, events, other political figures, and to be frank, I have absolutely zero knowledge on 99% of it. These are things I want to know, things I feel I need to know to fully understand what's happening in our country today and to make informed decisions. It's hard to get into a debate with someone when most of my replies are, I don't know, or I don't have enough information about that. There is so incredibly much to learn that it's overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. I'm looking at the current Democratic candidates for 2020, but this goes way beyond the coming election. Where do I even begin to educate myself to not only have an understanding of what I care so much about, but to allow me to hold my own when my ideas are challenged? Your suggestions and insight here are very much appreciated. Amber. Wow, that's a that's a broad one. I would what I would suggest is to read presidential biographies. Oh yeah, because that'll give you a flavor for what was going on at the time, and 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 really, if if you're reading, like I would go find ones that are that are credible. I don't have a list or anything, but anything written by David McCulloch is awesome. Which he writes like um, John Adams, and if you don't want to go back that far, that's. You know, there are plenty of very good biographies of presidents that are going to tell you the good and the bad. They're going to give you the true scoop on what was going down. And that should also give you a flavor of the politics at the time and the 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 history of mm-hmm. the whole thing. Not just about their lives and growing up, but also about their policies and what was going on behind the scenes Um while they were in office. Yeah. Um, I would also recommend there's many online resources where you can take free courses. So like edX.org is one where you can sign up and you can take classes for free and you like watch and listen to lectures. You take quizzes, you take tests. What, what's that website? edX.org. 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 Yeah. Um, but they also have Coursera, I believe is a, is the website, Coursera.org, C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A.org. And they also have history courses here. So there's a lot of resources now online where you can just say, you know, free history courses online. Just Google that. And there's many things that will pop up. And 
you could just take a class on it, right? Listen to some free lectures on whatever yeah. part of history you're interested in or you feel like you're not educated about and it can kind of fill in the gaps for you. Yeah, you know, the other thing I would do is, I mean, since you're already a podcast listener, there's got to be a million podcasts. I mean, not quite a million, but you know, thousands of podcasts oh, yeah. that deal with specific things in history. Yeah. Like if you want to learn about trickle-down economics mm-hmm. and exactly what a fucking bullshit fraud that is just search trickle down economics and then go to the most popular podcasts and see if that's your flavor i mean that would be something else i would i would try or political philosophy or something like that right there are so many horrific things about the internet just absolutely horrific but this is not one of them right you can (laughs) there's so much free information out there um and a lot of times uh like harvard and yale like they'll have free courses online too yeah um so especially of late that's kind of a trendy thing right now oh yeah for sure and it's quality quality courses we're not just talking about they just slap a slap a web course up or some bullshit that's like a a brochure it's like in-depth uh, curriculum that they would teach their students. Absolutely. Yeah. I do want to give Amber some praise though, because this is someone who is motivated to learn, motivated to improve themselves, motivated to be better and really educate themselves on yeah. the issue issues. And we need more people like Amber. I especially like that. She said a lot of times she finds herself simply saying, I don't have enough information to answer that, or I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think in our society, we receive messages about how that's a bad thing that we are supposed to know things that we're, or we're supposed to act like we know. Right. It's admirable. Yeah. And no, if you don't know, I think it's really powerful to say that, you know, I would always try to model that for my students when I was tutoring and they would read a word and ask me what it meant. And if I didn't know, I'd say, I don't know, but Hey, let me take out my phone. I have a dictionary app right here on my phone. You guys should also download this to your phone. Cause I, I come across words. I don't know all the time. I have to look them up. Right. Um, modeling to the young people, like it's okay to say you don't know, and it's okay to look for additional information. Um, so I like that Amber is, is doing that as well. Oh, Jesus. I knew you were planning something. I could tell by the look on your face and how you weren't responding the to me. The more you know. You're I love, such a dick. I love when you go on. You go on a on an inspirational jag. It's, 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 it's good. <sighs> anyway. You're making the show really dull right now. <laughs> it's what I do. You know, after, after um, now, you know, over almost 600 episodes. Yeah. You'd think I'd get the hang of it, but nope. Dulling it up <laughs> all over the country. So we have another um, email to get to. And this one is from Kay. Kay is, he ends it saying, uh, Nigerian listener in Sydney, Australia. Yeah, all over the map. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Big fan of the podcast. I've become a podcast fiend, but I pause whatever I'm listening to whenever I doubt it with Dumbledore becomes available. <laughs> he he. <laughs> I love the combination of humor, outrage, and good sense you guys bring to the table and to every topic, even when I disagree. Parenthetically, most of the good sense comes from Brittany, though. No, I would not deny that. I've become somewhat fatigued by the high arse holery on display in the corridors of power in the U.S., and I would have completely switched off U.S. news if I wasn't concerned the U.S. could and is perhaps on track to destroy the world. You guys have the unparalleled capacity to deliver distibi- distability? Distability? 
<laughs> yeah, I think like uh, to distill the information, I think. Okay. I've never heard of that variation of the word, but, you know, as Brittany just went on the on the jag about, I'll uh, look it up. Well, he just said parenthetically, not sure that's a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, destruction and devastation to any part of the world, and it's very unfortunate. I think distillation would be like the root of it. Okay. And it's very unfortunate to see your leadership wielding such power so irresponsibly. The impending constitutional crisis in the U.S. not only shows how fragile even U.S. democracy is, but also emboldens every tin-pot dictator out there and has the capacity to threaten democracies in less stable climes. Now, they know they just have to flatter the orange one, and they'll be left alone. Tippy-top shape. The bigotry is the most disturbing part, because that has the capacity to jump across oceans and kick me directly, an African immigrant in the very white Australia, in the arse. Yeah. Goddamn, in Jesse's voice. Goddamn. Keep up the great job. Love you guys. Kay, Nigerian listener in Sydney, Australia. Thank you so much, Kay. We uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, It is... uh unnerving times it, it just you know i th- couldn't have said it any better he's he's fucking right and I, we've had a couple callers allude to like uh being the leader of the free world donald trump's not the leader of the free world the, the president of the united states under donald trump isn't doesn't hold that title that'd be like angela merkel or somebody else not donald trump mm-hmm. donald trump's not a leader donald trump is a fucking laughing stock among leaders right just what it is but thank you guys for the emails we appreciate it um over the course of the last few episodes we have talked about well we had an anonymous email about how to deprogram i think was the 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 word that they used or that was the Mm -hmm. the roundabout message yeah i think we have an email or two on it but we also have some some voice a voicemail so let's 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 do the voicemail first, and then we'll get to the email. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Marissa, the token queer activist. And uh, I, I really like to respond to the anonymous letter. Um, big surprise. Uh, it's really super easy to say live and let live about people who are homophobic, transphobic, uh, bigoted, and everything. When those issues don't affect you personally when you are not at the forefront of how people feel about them. The issue that Brittany was describing was someone who feels like they were doing the right thing by telling another person in love that who they are is disgusting. And when you're not affected by that, it's really easy to say, well, some people just have different opinions. But if you look at what the administration, for instance, has done by making it legal to discriminate against queer and trans folks and uh, how they have gone out of their way to make sure that we can't participate in life by trying to ban us from the bathroom or from shopping or getting medical care. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I don't have to tolerate someone who thinks I'm less of a person for the sake of not rubbing them the wrong way and not offending them it's unreasonable and that's why so many of us are unwilling to be so centrist 
and non-committal and you know oh well i'll just let you have your shitty opinions that get people killed we can get along right i don't think that was your intention and i'm not meaning to accuse it sounds like you're coming from a good place but you have to realize that kids are dying because of these beliefs and people are being harassed and abused and mistreated and discriminated against or being approached by people who call them friends who just want to tell them in love how disgusting they are. So no, I'm not willing to live and let live because they're trying to not let us live. And I'm unwilling to accept that. And I appreciate when someone who has the privilege is willing to speak up about it. Because the only time the media seems to pay attention to us is when they want to point out that a school shooter is transgender, which bears no, no, you know, no merit on the case whatsoever. They don't recognize when we're getting killed. But when one of us fucks up, they're sure to make sure that everybody knows that it was one of us. Their opinions are dangerous and deadly. And the middle is no longer an acceptable place to be. So thank you, Marissa. That was a, a powerful voice memo. Um, I do want to clarify because we received another email from the original emailer and they were actually not referring to the conversation uh, that the two women were having about their gay friend. Yeah, it, it was it was just an assumption because the voicemail came the next episode right. and i assumed it was about that but i did too yeah, yeah. um but so i'm going to read this whole email yeah, that we yeah. received um but they're going to highlight the the part that they were actually responding to and then you can choose to listen to that part if you want okay uh hey me again bloviating it up over here a couple of clarifications my email was not in response to the two girls who were talking about their gay friend whereas i wouldn't have had the wherewithal to confront such stupidity i totally get why you did that shit is so goddamn frustrating i was in fact reacting to episode 510 check 8 30 to 9 20 on the playback i want to pause here Brittany here um <laughs> and <laughs> We actually went back and listened to it. I can't really summarize it for you, but I will tell you that while we were listening to this, I heard that I used the word rationable. And I <laughs> literally screamed when I heard it. You were angry at me like I should have caught it in the moment. Yes. You were combining reasonable and rational. And I said, how dare you leave that in? <laughs> oh, my God. I could not believe uh. my ears. I could not believe that I said that. So when everyone goes back to the episode and listens to this part and hears me say that, please know that it was a mistake. Okay? God damn! I do not actually believe that's a word All no right. no actually what happened was Brittany was like that is the most fantastic sentence i've ever <laughs> uttered oh god okay um so back to the email that little piece spoke to me and that was what sparked the all too long email that being said i would like to respond to the conversation you had about the email i don't want to make this too long so i'll get right to the point i would like to make side note Brittany again uh this person does not do that and here we go when I look at cults, I see victims. It's easy to look at cultish beliefs and the people who fall for that shit and think they are weak or stupid or whatever. But having been a child victim of a cult myself, I find I have empathy for people who fall into unbelievable beliefs. I am saying cult because I believe all religions are cults. 
Is it a stretch to think of religious folks as victims? Furthermore, is it a stretch to say that a belief held can be bigoted by any real moral standard, but the person who is trapped in the faith brain is in fact not a bigot, but more a victim of a faith that holds a bigoted belief? I have never been a bigot, but I believed homosexuality was a sin and that the sinners would go to hell. That belief was bigoted, but I was just bound by the tenets of a faith that demanded that belief. Thankfully, I reasoned my way out of that shit. I want to live my life with empathy, so here is a question I pose. Is it a stretch to say that people caught in a cultish belief system might deserve a little of that empathy? Don't get me wrong here. If it came to a choice to back LGBTQ or a bunch of people caught in a bigoted belief system, I am going LGBTQ every time. It is obvious whose side we should be on given the choice. That being said, if we approach the religious as victims of a cultish hellscape, perhaps a better way to deal with them might present itself. Lastly, can you throw a little of that empathy my way due to my lack of ability to write a short, concise email? Goddamn, I suck. <laughs> Love you to the moon and back. Um, I kind of agree with the, with the, the cultish belief system and not necessarily being bigoted. Kind of, but it's a case-by-case case thing. The vast majority of religious people who are bigoted I'm not going to just chalk it up to, well, they're not bigots. Their beliefs are bigoted because I can only speak for myself. And when I was a Christian, I was a fucking bigot. When when I'm arguing that, well, what's next? Having sex with your dog. That's that's that. Those are the words of a bigot. Those are the thoughts of a bigot. And you can't be Mr. Empathy, love everybody and believe that it was justified for God to have the people of the city drag gays out to the to the beyond the city walls and throw rocks at their fucking heads until they're dead. If you believe that you believe it was right. You believe your God is all true and moral. You are a fucking bigot. It just I, I don't agree. Yeah, I was. <laughs> so you started out saying that you yeah. kind of agree, but then it ended up. Yeah, I just I tried. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was being empathetic to the argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't agree with that argument um, that the emailer made because I'm sitting here wondering where it ends. Right. So are we going to say the same about Richard Spencer? Right. That he's not a bigot. He's just caught in a bigoted belief system. You know. Yeah. Um, you, you have to be able to draw pretty firm lines to have that work out right and at what point do, do do we then turn over the responsibility to the adult human being who has other resources available to them to learn and change their yeah. perspective yeah. you know um and i don't want to be a you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps republican about be beliefs here but there is some personal responsibility well, associated with with this well, right it's like drug addiction of course you have a disease, of course. But there is there is somewhere in there where you're making a choice to not get the help. It's kind of like it, it's a super weird nebulous territory. Well, it's kind of like the the saying that um you know, it doesn't excuse it, it explains it. So, mm -hmm. for example, if um you know, if you come from a, a difficult family situation and you have repeated some of the same mistakes of the, the people that you were raised by in your life, right? Um, you could say that that explains some of your behavior, but it doesn't necessarily excuse it, right? Um, and I think that that could be 
that that phrase could be appropriate here, yeah. right? For religious people that whatever their upbringing might be, if they were indoctrinated into a belief system, that that explains their perspective, their belief system, but that doesn't excuse it, right? Be- yeah. Because you have opportunities to step outside of that. And you actually see it. There was this this video that went viral of a... Um, a former Mormon who went to the church and on a testimony Sunday um, stood up there and started to essentially give his testimony of how he stopped being Mormon. And the church officials removed him um, and he recorded his interactions with these people. And they were like, listen, um, there's kids in there. Okay. All the adults know everything you're saying about these flaws in our faith system. The adults get it, but there's kids in there. We don't want the kids knowing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they made it clear that like, we can't have the kids learning this stuff, you know? Yeah. Don't let them in on the secret bad shit. Right. Because then it's going to be harder to get them entrenched. Right. But making it clear that the adults know this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and have still, an option. Yeah. They 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 know and they are choosing. They've made a choice right there. They made a choice to believe. Right. And maybe they are forced into that choice for various reasons. They'll lose their family. They'll lose their community. Yeah, yeah. And all of those things are very real. Right. I, I have many, I have many Mormon friends who have left the faith and it sucks. They've lost their whole family and they're alone. And that is terrible. Well, they're not alone. They're just without their family. Right. But they feel like yeah. they have lost all of these people that they've known their whole yeah, life. Yeah. Especially right? in that blood centric family culture. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have lived for a long time without parents and, um, you know, without having a close family. For, for, so for me, it's kind of like... Um, Get over yourself. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> I, I just, for me, that isn't, um, like, as tragic as it is for someone yeah, who grew yeah. up in, like, a normal family system who was close with their family and experienced a lot family of... Family home evening. Right, and like... Ha- like sports d- and Wasn't constantly concerts. being terrorized, yeah. is basically what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Not... Ha- whatever the opposite of hashtag raised by wolves is. Exactly. So I, I assume that that would actually be more traumatic and upsetting there, to lose, it's, like, it's, a normal family. It's hashtag raised by lamb... Wolves in lamb's clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Anyway, I don't even know where this is going anymore. I've, I've like used so many examples of things that I don't even know are tied to anything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's. I tell you this. What we're, a dull gonna, ass show. Well, well the next. The, so dull. <laughs> so dull. Hashtag dull. Everybody. Good times. Had by all. So now we're gonna end. We're gonna end the show. I've got a couple more voicemails, but they're kind of political related. One on the abortion, the abortion thing, which we can get to next episode, and then also on the trade war. So John and Jen. Hold your horses. We're going to get to it. I hear you bitching already. Calm down, everybody. Wow. Calm down. How's that for dull? We are going to leave you there, (laughs) cutting Brittany off right at the knees. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for your patience while my throat was amending. That's it? Nothing? All right. We love you. We appreciate you. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dallimore, and this has been I Doubt It. He just wrote the words, right? You're putting the stink on it? Yeah. (laughs) 